Dave and Darren. What are those scoundrels up to these days? Who's to say? Well, we are, because we're Dave and Darren. Oh, that's true. You have downloaded our Top 5 Things podcast, a review of what we got done on our morning show, which you can hear live each and every weekday morning, 5.30 to 10 on Planet 93.9 and Planet939.com. Right on. I know. It's exciting. That's quite a buildup. <laughs> let's, let's pay it off now with, uh, I guess, uh, the first of the top five things. Yes, yeah, that's how we uh, do it. That's uh, how we do it. Yeah, number one. Number one. One. Number one. Number one. Number one. And this should be obvious. Okay, number one. Number one. 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 Number one. I don't know if you saw over the weekend at the box office, Indiana Jones knocked down to number two already. By? Insidious. The fifth Insidious movie, which was a series that I guess I wasn't even aware of until Mike was talking about it with us on Thursday morning. Insidious. Yeah, it's like this family that has to deal with uh, demons in their house or something. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Um, he, I think he liked some of the movies, but it's the fifth movie in the series. So that was uh, number one at the uh, box office, and there's been a lot of moaning in the entertainment world that, uh, you know, all these big motion pictures that were supposed to be these, you know, giant cinematic summer blockbuster events. Yeah. They're coming and they're going. The Flash was a dud, and Indiana Jones was a dud. and Really, the the only movie that has made a ton of money was the Mario Brothers, and the rest of them have just kind of been released and been a whole lot of meh at the box office. So the talk is, just you wait, because we've got these two movies that are going to save Hollywood. And that is what? You got your uh, your Barbie that's coming out, the Margot uh, Robbie movie. We've had to hear about that for how long? It's something else. Yeah, the hype for this movie is next level. And then there's Oppenheimer. Yeah. Now, of the two, uh, I would be more interested in seeing Oppenheimer. Although, I don't understand how that's a cinematic event. I mean, it certainly looks like an interesting movie. But they're saying it's going to be a battle between Oppenheimer and, and Barbie. I think they should just mash up the two. <laughs> Barbie uh, makes the bomb? Yes. She can do anything, you know. We girls can do anything. Right, Barbie. Atomic scientist, Barbie. That wouldn't be bad. Who are Barbie's friends? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, there's, well, Ken is her boyfriend. Yeah, I know Ken. Uh, Skipper is her uh, sister, right? Oh, Skipper, huh? Uh-huh. And uh, who are her other friends? Uh, G.I. Joe? <laughs> sometimes. Kung Fu Grip? Sometimes that can happen. Sometimes. I wonder if that is going to show up. Are other dolls going to show up? Well, I doubt it would be G.I. Joe because that's a Hasbro product and Barbie is very much a Mattel thing. Come on. Now, He-Man is a Mattel product. Maybe He-Man shows up and uh, helps her figure some things out. What about Stretch Armstrong? That wouldn't be bad. Let's see. Barbie also has friends. uh, Jazzy is her cousin. Uh, There's Chrissy. Blaine. Blaine is Barbie's Australian ex-boyfriend, whom she dated during her breakup with Ken. Blaine is said to be the brother of Summer, one of Barbie's friends. Who knew? Uh, Midge is one of her friends? Midge, that sounds right. 
Christy, there's Teresa, Summer, Nikki, Raquel, and Grace. Those are okay, so those she's are got friends. plenty of friends. Yes, and Stacy and PJ and Steffi and Kara and Whitney and Becky. Oh, she's got a ton of friends. Who knew? And now what does Barbie do for a living? I think she just, hang- well, she does everything. Like she's an astronaut and she's a teacher and... Oh, okay. Barbie is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed doll born in the fictional town of Willows, Wisconsin. I never would have pegged Barbie as being a cheesehead. Yeah, oh, I yeah, I got the dream house over by there. Oh, yeah, yeah see, hey. For, oh, why, yeah. Why did I have it in my head that she was a California girl? I mean, she seems very California. You're right. Well, there's Malibu Barbie. Well, there maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I turned the Packer game on for Ken, and we just watch, and we just Although, say, go Don Mahowski, go, yeah, hater. Maybe that had nothing to do with California and just uh, what she drank. <laughs> Barbie, <laughs> Barbie starts her day with some rum just uh, to make sense just, of it all. I'm Malibu Barbie. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Is that alcohol in your breath? Another day in the dream house. <laughs> who needs yeah. a bracer with Barbie? Yeah, who? Oh, look at me shake. Cannonball coming. <laughs> Cannonball for Barbie. I've never even been to California. I, uh, it's weird that they would give Barbie an Australian boyfriend because Barbie means something completely different to those people. He's trying to throw a shrimp into Barbie. That's not, uh, that's not good for kids to hear. No, what are you talking what, about? What kind of talk is that? Well, come on now. Uh, Let's see. Barbie and Ken broke up in 2004, but they officially got back together in 2011. Was there a Barbie comic book? Uh, Oh, I have to assume that there was. Maybe do comic books come with the dolls? How do they have a storyline? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Where's the story come from? Well, I know there's a bunch of movies that they they direct to video movies that they put out. Maybe that's it. This isn't the first movie? Well, this, th- they're all animated movies. This oh, is the first okay. live action. Yeah, so she, yeah. Mm-hmm. If she was a cartoon, then she has to be a comic book, you would think. I should think that's probably right. That they probably have books for, for kids to read about uh, what goes on with Barbie and her yeah, life. Yeah, what's, what's happening in Barbie's world. Oh, yeah, hey, dear. I'm in Willows, Wisconsin, you know. Oh, yeah, we're going to the, Ken and I are going to Fish Fry later, yeah. And then maybe we'll go have some old fashions afterwards at the supper club. Yeah, hey, dear. See if Malibu Barbie wants to come. You oh. know, she does. <laughs> She's down. <laughs> She's already there. Let me tell you something. Malibu Barbie's down to clown around. Already there. <laughs> I ever tell you guys, I was an astronaut. I was in outer space. I was a lawyer. I did a lot of stuff. I ride horses. I was crazy. Malibu Barbie just barking out all the things that she's done in her she's life. She's kind of belligerent. <laughs> kind of. That's all she does. Just chug rum and scream out about her adventures. From the minute she wakes up. <laughs> br- brushes her teeth with this stuff. <laughs> Ken's not a man. Pull out his pants. Show everybody, Kenny. You got nothing down there. Malibu, Barbie, please. Malibu, Barbie's demanding a gender reveal. (laughs) (laughs) And she's not going to... 
And they're not doing smoke bombs. Gender reveal Malibu Barbie. <laughs> Gender reveal Malibu Barbie. <laughs> she's just got ah! she's got a bottle of rum in her hand and X's for eyes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, 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 I like you. Just screaming outside. I'm made in China. <laughs> Good God. This Oppenheimer movie will be rated R. Now, the Barbie movie, I'm, I'm certain, is PG. Because they want to, you know, you can't have a rated R Barbie movie. They're saying that the reason it's rated R... Is it kind of sexy? Well, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of really graphic stuff, you know, after we drop the bombs. Oh, but, oh, oh, that's no good. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, yeah. graphic A-bomb carnage that will be shown in the movie. Oh, boy. But also, uh, apparently, it says here, a fair amount of kink. Hmm. Killian Murphy plays J. Robert Oppenheimer, and he says that uh, in the movie, they are going to play up something that you don't really see in the ads for the movie, and that's a love triangle between Oppenheimer, his wife Kitty, yeah. and his on-again, off-again mistress, ex-fiancé, Jean Tatlock. Hmm. Director Christopher Nolan, particularly proud of the love triangle part of the film, saying it's as strong as I've ever done. There is, it says here, prolonged full nudity for both Murphy and uh, the mistresses played by the actress uh, Florence Pugh. Mm. So there's prolonged full nudity for the two who share a sex scene. There's also complicated scenes with actress Emily Blunt, who plays his wife. I don't know what that means. What's complicated? Complicated. A complicated nudity in a movie? What does that even mean? Were they they asked Christopher Nolan, what does that mean? And he says, I am under strict instructions not to give away anything. Were they playing Twister? <laughs> hey, before we drop the bomb, uh, uh, this game just came out for Parker Brothers. I think it's going to be huge. I think it'd be a lot of fun if we played it naked. <laughs> I'm being told here on the text line that Barbie is PG-13. Okay. July 21st is when Oppenheimer and Barbie will Both be Both on the same theaters. day? Yeah, which seems like a mistake. I just don't see how this Oppenheimer has a chance against Barbie. I'm interested to see it. It looks, it looks great. I don't know if I'm going to go to a theater to see it. Unless uh, this complicated Emily Blunt stuff is something I need to go and see immediately. But there you go. Sexy time, Oppenheimer. <laughs> and Barbie. I hope the movie covers her Wisconsin origins because to not would be a huge mistake. Number two. Number two. <laughs> Number two. Number two. 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 a story here about a Dutch princess? I guess they still have monarchy in the Netherlands. There's a there's a king of the Netherlands? Does that make any sense? No. <laughs> I mean, monarchy in general anywhere doesn't make sense, but I guess I didn't realize that there was Dutch royalty. The Princess Alexia is her name, and she just graduated high school. She's a member of the Dutch royal family. And when you graduate, I guess, in the Netherlands, she's 18 years old, 
Uh, she just got what's called an international baccalaureate diploma. Okay. Uh, and what you do when you're a, a Dutch high school kid and you graduate, you take your book bag that you've used and you attach it to the flagpole and then you put it up on the flagpole. Your flagpole? Well, I mean any flagpole. Not everyone in the Netherlands has their own flagpole. The school's flagpole? I'm guessing. But then that would be every everyone's. That does seem like a lot. It's like, it's like Do we, we, have we don't wait? have enough. We don't have enough room for everyone's book bag. <laughs> That's what I'm confused by. How do you do you have to wait in line? It's your turn now? Uh-huh. This is uh, what they do. You you fly the flag and you fly your book bag. It's a tradition in the Netherlands that after graduating high school, you attach your school bag to the flagpole and raise it up. I wouldn't wait in line to do that. But I guess if maybe if it was the tradition here, I would. Did you raise your book bag on the flagpole? That's how we know that you're done. I know that like when you're done wrestling, mm-hmm. you're, you leave your wrestling shoes on the mat after your last match. Okay, that's a tradition in high school or college wrestling, or I, I think so. Yeah, when you're done wrestling, period. Well, when or you, just when for you, that you, school. Well, no, when you're done, you're like it's like. You're a high school wrestler, uh-huh. and this is going to be your last match, and you and you know you're not going to. I suppose it's even. It would even be maybe if you knew you were going to wrestle in college. I think you'd, you'd leave. You you take your shoes off and leave them there. It's some sort of yeah, like. And then what happens to those shoes? Well, you go back and get it. Oh. It's just kind of a symbolic type. I was going to say I paid a lot of money for those shoes. It's like the same thing as throwing your hat up in the air. Okay, you get it. So- you get it back. But it's just a little... I don't know if you saw, but Spencer Lee's going to be in town this weekend. Is it this weekend or next weekend? Devin Hester and Spencer Lee are going to be in town for the uh, reopening of the Dick's Sporting Goods. And I've got a pair of broken eyeglasses that I've been saving for the Lions. (laughs) thinking I'm going to bring the broken sunglasses and ask Spencer Lee to autograph them. He's got to be so tired of that. No, probably not. So American graduation traditions. You throw your hat up in the air, right? Um, The only... High school graduation tradition that I can think of, which I think they still do, is, uh, I mean, you're supposed to move your tassel at some point in the ceremony, yeah. but then you take your tassel and you attach it to the rearview mirror of your car. That seems like a uniquely yeah, yeah. American tradition. How yeah. long do you leave that up for? It shouldn't be that long. Right? Have you ever been in a car where it's like, you've been on a high school a while? 40 years, and you still got your tassel. <laughs> right. and, I no- and I noticed... I noticed that you've got your class ring on, and you're still wearing your Letterman's jacket. What is going on, buddy? Yeah, this it still, is... still fits. Not well. It fits somebody, not you. <laughs> it does fit somebody. It doesn't fit you. So, your American high school graduation traditions, there's the... Uh, the I forgot about the tassel. The tassel on the, on the rearview mirror seems to me to that, be... Uh, yeah. And I, I think I tried that for like 10 minutes, and it was just too distracting. I'm just looking at that damn thing while I'm trying to drive. And I'm only, you know, I'm 17 years old. I'm not the greatest driver to begin with here. I can't see through that thing. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I think that's what I did. I mean, it's not. I'm going to get in a wreck. It's not very big. No. And it just, But it, I, need, I need to be able to see everywhere. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, though. When I was 17 and I graduated high school, Though I would take turns at such a sharp angle that it would like tickle my face. I didn't. <laughs> I thought this is not an ugly. This is not a good idea. 
Sometimes people will write, uh, it feels like more of a college graduation tradition where they'll take tape and they'll write messages on the, on the top of their cap. That's, that's a thing that's become a kind of a viral graduation tradition recently, right? What are the other high school graduation traditions that I'm not thinking of? Well, <laughs> throwing water balloons no, that's, at the kitchen staff. That's unique to your high school. That, thank goodness, is not a universal. Yeah, that's probably not the best tradition. No, no, I'd argue it's the worst. Trying to knock, knock out the uh, kitchen staff cold. Please tell me that that only happened once. Yeah. Don't make that a tradition. As far as, as, far as I know. <laughs> it's possible it happened again. So in the Netherlands, when you graduate, you take your book bag and you, you hoist it up the flagpole along with the Dutch flag. I'm looking at other traditions, high school graduation traditions around the world. For example, in the Philippines, you get laid at your high school They put a graduation. lay around your neck? Yes. Philippine graduation ceremonies take place in the springtime. You wear your cap and gown, right? You wear your school uniform underneath your cap and gown. And uh, high schools will uh, dress you with a lei as you get your diploma to reflect the Philippines' tropical climate and culture. I, I think that's a nice look for here. I know it's, you know, I know it just happened, but maybe for the class of 2024, we get together some, uh, some lays for the kids. Hey, everybody! You know what I saw on the uh, weekly ad for your Jewel Asuka? Oh, what's that? Back to school essentials. In Japan, when you graduate high school, you're asked to perform a choreographed routine with singing and marching. Oh, no. I got to do... I got to... What is this? I got to do a, a, a show tune? Hard pass. In China... The Chinese school system has a couple of uh, traditions. You can celebrate any way you want, but they don't really have a... When you have your, your graduation ceremony in Chinese high school, your, your family doesn't come. It's just your friends and classmates. Like the idea of your parents sitting and watching you graduate high school, they don't do that. And instead of a traditional cap and gown, female high school graduates in China show up at their high school uh, graduation ceremony wearing wedding dresses. Who does this? In China. Rock, rock, Chinese high school. <laughs> rock, rock, Chinese high school. <laughs> Attention, students of Chinese high school. We will be conducting a fire drill in a matter of moments. Uh, what kind I'm of fire drill? <laughs> We just call it a fire drill, and uh, let's not have any uh, any shenanigans now, Chinese high school students. Scandinavia. When you graduate high school, everybody wears matching sailor hats. You start the ceremony by singing songs with your classmates, and then your parents show up with embarrassing childhood photos posted on large signs. Parents will then give children special gifts tied with balloons, and they hang the ribbons around the kids' necks. Then everyone goes on a citywide parade with floats and music, and everyone in town, in, uh, this is specifically, I guess, in Sweden, 
in Sweden, then they have a parade and everyone in town comes out to show their support for the new high school graduates. Look at these embarrassing pictures. So it's almost like you're going out of your way to take extra embarrassing pictures when they're little. Yeah, because knowing, knowing. I have to have something when they graduate. I got to have some good stuff here soon. <laughs> I got to have some material. And then finally, in Argentina, don't cry for them when they graduate. On the day of the graduation ceremony, you get pelted with food, including ketchup, salad dressing, and syrup. It's a one-sided food fight where everyone just pelts you with condiments. If you had to get pelted by food... I mean, I guess syrup's not the worst thing to have thrown at. Yeah, yeah, I would rather, but yeah, but how, rather than a watermelon. How much syrup can you actually, you know, ingest? Well, throwing syrup seems problematic because... Oh, we are going to get ants. Yeah, what are, you, what are you doing? So the students look forward to this. Friends and family throw... Ketchup, salad dressing, and syrup at the new graduates. Why? What is What would you like to have thrown at you? Food? Yeah. Huh. Meatballs might not be bad. (laughs) Well, if you can catch them in your mouth. Right. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe popcorn would be fun. Popcorn shrimp? Mm, Maybe. Yeah, popcorn. At least popcorn wouldn't hurt. Right. Unless it's like a popcorn ball. That somebody's been just packing for a really? year. <laughs> just, oh, we're going to get him so good. I, I, this thing's been under pressure. <laughs> I've I, been pressure cooking I popcorn it, balls. I, I put it in a pressure cooker. <laughs> Ever since you finished your junior year of high school, I've been working on this. I'm going to knock you out like you're an Oregon lunch lady. <laughs> Go Chargers. Yeah, well, there you go. Odd traditions from around the world, and it's only because this uh, Dutch princess did this that I thought, well, that's... I don't, again, I don't know if that's the tradition. I guess you go along with it if that's what you do, but that just seems like a lot of hassle, just waiting for your turn to put your book bag up the, uh, the flagpole. See if anybody salutes you. Three. All right, number three. Number three. Number three. 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 Years ago, the people at the Las Vegas Tourism Commission came up with a slogan, an interesting slogan. Mm -hmm. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. There's a really funny Norm MacDonald bit where he talks about how it's all about discretion. Whatever you pull here won't go home to your... Mm-hmm. Family, you can do whatever you want here, and no one will find out. And that might be true to some degree, but it's, it's not for everyone. It's not. No. Sometimes you pull you can, something in Vegas, and we find out about it. Yes. Yes, you can tell yourself that. Yes. It's 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 not true. It 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 really isn't. It's not true at all. As a matter of fact. No. No. What happens in Vegas? It can absolutely follow you home. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In the form of inflammation, or in this case, the headline says it all, naked man arrested on Las Vegas Strip after gyrating atop a poker table. Had he just won? <laughs> Would that excuse things? N- no, but 
it'd be easier to understand. At approximately 11.22 on Sunday night, officers from the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department got a call of a fight near the Bird Bar at the Flamingo Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Okay. Is Flamingo where you stay when you're out there? No, I have never stayed at the Flamingo, but I, I believe the Flamingo is where um, Donnie and Marie perform. Oh, no. I can only hope the Osmonds didn't have to put up with any of this. I hope they were spared. Oh, no. This guy's a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll, I, I don't if want, you ask me. I, I, don't want, I don't want Marie to see this. The incident started at a fight there at the Flamingo and ended, I guess, at a different casino with this guy standing atop a card game table completely nude and exposing himself to onlookers. What do you think of this, Vegas? Does this do anything for you? Huh? I will live out my days naked and free. Well, not free. Are we all on vacation? When police arrived, they say the fight had ended and only one person remained at the scene. Witnesses told investigators that a man had been attacked by a person later identified as Brian Danielschik of West Babylon, New York. Mm-hmm. Video from the scene shows Danielschik engaging in an unprovoked attack and on top of another person who, and I only point this out because it's in the account, only had one leg. Hmm. I once gyrated naked on top of a man with a wooden leg named Smith. What was the name of his other leg? After being pulled off the one-legged person, Danichik ran to the Link Hotel. Security officers at the Link told police that they had seen Daniel Chick remove his clothing. Security officers tried to detain him, but he ran away through the casino, yelling completely naked. Police say he then headed to Harris Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Oh, I'm not done. Now, Harris... Have I stayed there? It's close by. Well... Look, man, these are three casinos, and these are big properties. This guy's covering a lot of ground. Yeah, he is. So he gets to Harris. Uh, Police reports indicate that he, quote, ran completely naked through the link to Harris, where he then, quote, climbed atop a poker table game and flaunted his genitals to all who passed. What do you think of that? Exposing his penis and testicles While gyrating. (laughs) Okay. I'm really crossed up. You are crossed up. (laughs) Daniel Check then changed his position on the poker table to expose, again, I'm reading from the police report, quote, expose, quote, his anus to all who passed on the main floor. Okay. You know, this was fun, but you've crossed a line yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> Wrecked him, damn near killed him. We were all having a good time. Yeah, and we were going to let some of this slide. Uh-huh. But, uh... Security was able to take Daniel Chick into custody. He was escorted to a holding area where police say he was completely nude, covered only with a blanket. According to police, Daniel Chick appeared to be in an altered mental state. 
But you, th- he w- you think? He was cooperative. His vitals were stable. And as the investigation concluded, he became more and more lucid to the point where he had absolutely no memory of the incident. Now, when you say that he went screaming completely naked, yeah. was he screaming completely naked? No, that was not what he was screaming. Okay. He was naked when he was screaming. I mean, it's something you could scream when you're completely naked. Completely naked! naked. <laughs> right, exactly. Get it while it's hot! Exactly. I'm completely naked! <laughs> right, exactly. No. Taken to the Clark County Detention Center where he's facing charges of disorderly conduct, indecent exposure, and battery. Uh, his next court appearance will be Thursday, August the 17th. So does he have to go back to Vegas for the court appearance? Imagine he does, because he's from West Babylon, New York. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, I got to go to Vegas. I got to take care of some stuff. I, uh, Well, I got naked and exposed my anus to everybody. I hope to have some time to myself <laughs> while I'm out there. <laughs> Do some re- reflection. I'll just... Uh... Get some of this uh, <laughs> this this stuff done, and then hopefully uh, we can have a little fun. <laughs> I'm hoping to go to court, get things taken care of, and then, uh, I don't know, it'd be great to visit the Strip again. <laughs> just, just, you know, kind of unwind from the stress. Maybe I'll have a couple of drinks, maybe... I don't know, smoke a little angel dust, whatever it is that I like to do. Consider it a little two for one. I don't know. <laughs> Dig. Two for one. You know, when I'm going to Vegas and uh, I get to do whatever I want there because nobody ever finds out about it. Uh huh. Not true. Imagine, man, this guy comes to look for like a job and you'll, uh, the first thing you'll do is you'll, You'll Google his name. Oh, Brian Daniel chick, huh? Okay, let me uh, just do a quick Google here. Oh, boy. <laughs> You've... Yeah, we got to kind of let go of some of these things that just aren't true. Yeah. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It, it, it's, not, it's not the case. It's a saying. Yes. It's not true. Now, they've got, I think they've moved away from it. I think the whole what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I think they're they're done with that. It was a great campaign for a while, but uh, like what goes around comes around. Not true. <laughs> right. It's it's a nice you know it's a nice sentiment. Not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> what happens here stays here. They've moved away from that now. And now that what they say is what happens here only happens here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, that's a little bit more realistic. Well, I mean, I guess if you technically, it can, what happens in Vegas can only happen in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Four. 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 When a pet is lost, man, that is traumatic. Yeah. I remember what happened uh, when I was a kid. Our dog got out, mm-hmm. Muffy, and it was like the worst two days of my life. She jumped over a fence and just took off, and we drove all around. And like a dope, I hung my head out the window and called her name, Muffy. And I never, 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 uh, never saw her. Put up signs all over the place. She ended up being found like a couple suburbs over. 
Huh. And boy, when you get them back, that's, yeah. that's about the best feeling in the world, right? But what do you do when the missing pet is not a dog, it's not a cat, it's not a gerbil, okay. it's not a bird. It is what? It's a 15-foot-long python. 15-foot-long python named Big Mama. This is in Los Angeles. Big Mama's you might on have the loose. A, you might have a tougher time uh, convincing people to help you go find Big Mama. Well, that's the problem, right? Although, only one clue so far. This guy keeps calling in. There's a big snake hanging right uh, on top of the gate. That's not it helpful. So, it's, uh, it sounds like he knows where it's at. That's not helpful. That's his response to everything. Chatsworth is a neighborhood in L.A., and this family is warning neighbors after their 15-foot-long python went missing. Hide your mice. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the python went missing after just having lunch. It had just consumed a rabbit for lunch. And the thing is, when you have a 15-foot-long python, they only eat like twice a month. So they've got like another week before they got to start freaking out about this uh, big mama, what she's going to eat. It's happening right now, a search for a 15-foot python on the loose in a neighborhood in Chatsworth. The owner says his pet snake has been missing for about a week now, and he warns his neighbors should keep an eye on their small pets. Yeah, that would be a good idea. If you've got a, a, a tiny dog in the backyard, mm -hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Big Mama's hungry. NBC4's Robert Kovacic live right now in Chatsworth with more on this. Robert. Colleen, you know, pick a neighborhood in Southern California, any neighborhood, and you are undoubtedly going to find a flyer asking for assistance to locate a four-legged friend. But here tonight in Chatsworth, this flyer may cause some to pause, but the family doesn't want you to panic after they woke up the morning of a national holiday to realize their pet decided to take a holiday of her own. Oh, God, just tell us what happened without all the puns. Why is it so hard for these reporters to just present the news? It was after the holiday, the snake took a holiday of its own, now, Walter, declaring its own independence. <laughs> Walter Cronkite wasn't that punny, was he? No. And tonight, they are telling NBC4 they are offering a $1,000 reward for her safe return. $1,000? We could buy mom and dad a pattern for that. I don't know that it's a fantastic idea to let the uh, toddlers play in the sandbox out back either. <laughs> Most of us would do anything to find a missing pet, even if it means climbing rooftops or searching underneath patio furniture. Thanks, Eddie. Okay, I'll keep my eye out. Neighbors helping, too, because this member of the Vialta family could be anywhere. This is our reticular python. Even if she's 15 feet long, a reticulated python named Big Mama has been living large. Normally, this is this is where she stays most of the time. Uh, a lot of the times, we also put her in this bigger walking habitat. Sometimes we throw her in the pool. You know, she she likes swimming. But on July fourth, don't throw her in the pool. She likes swimming. She gained her independence. I feel so bad. I mean, something so simple could have avoided all of this. Her cage you know I mean? was not bolted, and that's just what Big Mama did. She took off okay. wherever she's at. She bolted. She's Get it? 
probably trying to preserve her energy and she's probably cold up somewhere comfortable. Alex Vialta says Big Mama is an endangered species and could be dangerous. I'll make sure that the smaller pets, you know, chihuahuas, cats, anything of that nature, you know, you want to be careful. I mean, dangerous to humans. I mean, yeah, she's a constrictor, right? But she does like to coil and, and compress. A Facebook post on Mike Chatsworth urging those who may encounter Big Mama to not kill her. Most hope for her safe return, but a few comments more concerned about protecting cats and dogs. Changes based on temperature. And so tonight, on the prowl for a python. She's not venomous, but eventually she is going to get hungry. So the owner kind of confesses that, yes, she is deadly, but she's also dangerous. Yeah. Isn't that what he kind of said? That's kind of what I got from it. It's, listen, is it, uh, is it dangerous? Yes. Yes, but also deadly. Also deadly. The family said that Big Mama ate a rabbit for dinner just before she disappeared. She eats every two weeks. So they figure they have a week to find her before she goes searching for her next meal. <sighs> well, that's, that's good news, I guess. Is she dangerous to humans? Yes. Yeah, I guess. I feel bad I didn't bolt the, uh, bolt the, the, the gate shut here. Uh, but also, in my defense, uh, she is deadly too. If you saw a 15-foot snake in your backyard, I mean, because they're, they're urging neighbors, please don't kill our python if you see it. I mean, I wouldn't kill it. I'd but call someone, come get this. Get this thing out of my yard. Exactly. Someone come get this, please. Uh-huh. I don't know who, but someone. <laughs> so this neighborhood is on the edge. as they And this guy's, you know, just basically going all around the block using heat sensors to try and find his snake. Don't worry, though. She says she's friendly. And at one point... <laughs> The owner of Big Mama had this to say, quote, the one spot where you don't check, that's where she'll be. Well, just like your keys. (laughs) (laughs) She's friendly to humans, but also uh, deadly and dangerous. She's not friendly to humans. If she's constricting on you, that's not a hug. Snakes are not capable of being friendly. She's just so loving. (laughs) Yeah, she gets the little kids, she just squeezes them so tight, they just love it. Their eyes pop. (laughs) Number five. 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 Number five. Our final story today, Darren. Yes. Involves an eight-year-old in Alabama. He doesn't have a banjo on his knee. What he has is a weapon and a car that he's carjacked. Again, eight years old. Uh Alabama police say an armed eight-year-old led police on a chase on Tuesday before crashing into another vehicle. He had actually carjacked the owner of the car he was driving. Can you imagine getting carjacked by an eight-year-old? This is depressing. You don't recover from that. No, I don't know if you bounce back from that. 
You're never going to hear the end of that. You got to get new friends. You have no friends. Not anymore. Once they all hear you got carjacked by an eight-year-old. Guys, could we not bring up the carjacking just, just tonight? Just this one just time, please. Montgomery, Alabama police say officers were called to an address at approximately 11 a.m. on Tuesday. And upon investigation, they learned that the eight-year-old child had stolen a victim's car at gunpoint. Beat it, Pops. After obtaining the description of the car, police spotted the vehicle driven by the armed eight-year-old and attempted to pull it over. The child refused to stop. I don't think so. They're not good listeners when they're eight. No, they know it all. The stolen car eventually ran into another vehicle because here's the other thing about eight-year-olds. Terrible drivers. Little kids can't drive. (laughs) Once the car stopped, police detained the child and turned him over to juvenile justice authorities. He's being charged with robbery, fleeing police, and illegally possessing a firearm. I'm just going to repeat this. He's eight years old. I have to imagine that mom and dad are sitting there going... Uh, he might he might end up being a handful. Something tells me this wasn't this, this rascal's first. This, uh, this was not his first first running with any sort of authority figures, huh? I think you might call me crazy, but I think I remember hearing a carjacking when he was uh, in utero. <laughs> Something was going on. Have you seen the video? I don't know if this is Alabama, but the video of the dad who's so proud that his son has thumb-punched a can of Mountain Dew. I didn't no. even know what that was. Thumb-punched? Okay, so this is what you do. You, you get a Mountain Dew, yeah. like a can, and you, you push your thumb in through the aluminum, so making a hole, and then you shotgun the Mountain Dew. Oh, okay. Look at dad. Dad is, now this is not, I don't think this is the same kid that did the the carjacking, but from the look on this kid's face, it's possible he is. Yeah. I don't know about Dad. Oh, Dad is, Dad has never been so proud in his life. My son just thumb punched that by himself with his thumb. That on video, he thumb punched that, bro. I love it. That's my man right there, bro. Boy, <laughs> and then the kid just just shotguns the Mountain Dew, and he's got this look on his face. What? <laughs> Whoa! That's my son there, man. I love I love when my kid thumb punches Mountain Dew. Just so excited. So excited that his kid uh, did it. He's like, I wish I had that moment. I wish I had that moment on tape. I missed. I missed that moment of my what's, kid. What's with the hair? <laughs> I didn't get it on video. I wish I would have. But my son just thumb punched that by himself with his thumb. Look at that kid. Yeah, it is. Oh. It's a Mountain Dew, by the way, TikTok. Go ahead and shotgun that for them. Nine-year-old. I wish I'd have got that on video. He thumb punched that, bro. Look at the kid's I face. Love it. What? That's my man right there, yes. bro. 
Much love, much respect. Yeah, yes. hang loose, bro. Oh, that kid's going to end up in a bell tower. <laughs> okay, so that kid was nine. He could not have done any carjacking. He's just a young man with an enthusiasm for thumb-punching cans of Mountain Dew and then shotgunning them. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. Well, that's it for this installment of Dave and Darren's Top 5 Things. Hope you enjoyed. We'll have another one for you uh, soon. Until we get a chance to do it for you then. Hang loose, you kooks. You stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities. Representing. This is for the Quad Cities record spot. Dabbing board. Yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out. Come on. And it just don't stop. East Moline. Yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh. And that's how she wrote. Okay, bye. Stop making noise. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Beep.